welcome into Coach's Corner. I am your host, Luke's Coach of R, as always, with the co-host, as always, also, Layla, sleeping off the just most energetic day of her life. She couldn't stop running around, got a little too bitey, barked at something. It was chaos. It was chaos from the little dog. You know, just couldn't couldn't quite handle herself in a calm, nice manner on a rainy day. But alas, we're here, episode 32 of the second season of Coach's Corner, I believe. Uh, and we're back with, you know, some more news, some more college football picks. We get to recap last week, unfortunately, how it went. Um, and yeah, so real quick, I want to start off Jonathan Taylor. That's why we finally have word on Jonathan Taylor's status. Um, his preseason ended. You're getting all the cuts out of the way. Basically, the last domino to fall, and I'm, I'm talking about slightly in LK League notes this um, week, LKSportsTalk.com, shameless plug. Uh, Jonathan Taylor now has to sit out four games. He's on the pup list for the Colts, the physically unable to perform list. Obviously, he can probably perform, but they're taking that approach just, I think, to simply hold money away from him slash wait for maybe more trades to develop and he's going to remain a Colt for now but I mean clearly you know, he's not going to end the season as a Colt it feels pretty inevitable that he will be eventually dealt and a couple teams that come to mind obviously I think the Miami Dolphins make sense they have not a secure running back room like it's a bunch of guys that basically were 49ers castaways that might be Daniel's familiar with um you know, Raheem Mostert, who's normally hurt a lot. Jeff Wilson, who's fine, but not Jonathan Taylor. So, Dolphins feel like the number one choice. Uh, the Packers were apparently a mystery suitor. So, uh, fascinating, fascinating to hear that because they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who I think are more than serviceable. Like, they're better than what the Dolphins have. But even then, it's I get it. Jonathan Taylor is an upgrade. But, I don't know. It still feels a little odd, but they decided to not going that direction still um and then the bears i think the bears are one that makes sense to me the most because they don't have a lot of money really invested anywhere in particular uh, they have a fine running back room as well dante foreman khalil herbert uh, they dra drafted a kid out of texas Rashawn johnson like they have the guys they have a room of running backs who could be good starters um, but Jonathan Taylor, I think, would bring another level of just running, running style. You know, you already have Justin Fields, who's a fantastic rushing threat. But adding Jonathan Taylor gives you probably the best rushing attack in the league. And, you know, like I said, they don't have money tied up in Justin Fields yet. Uh, DJ Moore's not making a ton for the, you know, wide receiver, like good wide receiver money. He's not making like a Devontae Adams amount, you know, he's making a decent wage and they, they don't they really just don't have their money tied up anywhere because they've been saving up for this rebuild and the free agency which they once again also spent money but they didn't like break out the checkbook like the falcons did i guess like they have the cap space to make this work like while having a running back um on a on a sizable contract but not too big because obviously the market is below hell right now just how based on how it is and like just not very beneficial it is to running backs you know but the Bears can afford that luxury and Jonathan Taylor is that and I know he has a lot of miles he ran a lot in Wisconsin he's been running a lot in the league now 
had his fair share of injuries yesterday, but I have to admit, I, I think he would still be a very valuable piece for at least one more contract run. And he does still have another season left on his current deal, which is low. And so you can probably you know squeeze out the last remaining life that he has as a running back because, you know, let's be honest, it's a tough position and it normally dies off after the first contract. But if you can get to the second contract, last a couple of years, and then, you know, maybe even, Fran- even if you trade for him and then, like, go through the franchise tag with them and then figure out a deal like there there are ways around Jonathan Taylor where you don't have to give him the contract that basically doomed a bunch of teams last like a couple years ago with Todd Gurley and Devontae Freeman guys like that you don't have to give out that contract just because those teams did Ezekiel Elliott like you can play this in a way that is probably not fair to the running back but you also don't get hurt that bad by the contract so We'll see where, like, what they decide to do with that, how they approach that deal and everything. Um, oh, the Atlanta Braves just hit a home run. Reporting live here, <laughs> if I was a live stream right now, but home run, Kevin Pillar. Braves up one nothing. How about that? Uh, we'll get more baseball talk here, I think, down the road, like, when we get more towards playoff time. I think that's, you know, like I said, I, I try and spread out my baseball talk just because I don't know a lot. And also, there's so many games, and we still have a month to go until the postseason, so we'll try and get back to baseball in a bit, but for now, we're in college football mode. I'm in college football mode as we prepare for week one. Uh, week one of the NFL season will be coming after that, so we'll obviously be getting knee-deep in football, and I cannot wait for that. But we do have to talk about the things that did happen this past week. I'm scuffling through my notes from last week the picks that I made uh, and you know we'll just put throw up the screen that we have right now of week one scroll all the way down to the bottom uh, use your last there we go the games from last week so you know you have to get a feel for the season you have to like really watch some games, kind of figure out what the flow is going to be, and obviously I was going in last week blind. Uh, but we started off last week good. Notre Dame and Navy under 50 and a half. We got there very easily, very, very easily, because Navy sucks. <laughs> Navy is terrible. That's That happened. We were okay. And then we just went on a losing streak. We just could not survive the day. UTEP minus one was a failure. Barely. It was barely a failure, but it was a failure. Uh, UMass beat New Mexico State after I talked all that crap about UMass. You're welcome for the motivation. You know, they, they put Coach's Corner on the bulletin board for motivation, and I feel like I should get a, you know, a check for that. But besides the point, this is a fun fact that I saw. UMass hadn't won a road opener since 1984. 1984 that is the 80s that is 1984 and they did it in the year 2023 just throwing out years there and they won by 11 and I, I can't control that that's just tough uh, and then Hawaii Vandy I, I gave way too much credit to the Vandy defense uh, I know my place now uh, I think Vanderbilt's going to give up a billion points this year and they might score a decent amount 
they're going to give up a billion points this year. And I should have recognized that Hawaii is an over team. That was a misplay on my part. Um, the San Jose USC, we missed that cover by two and a half. That sucks because, I mean, we're just we're just seeing firsthand that USC will never have a defense under Lincoln Riley. It's just not possible. Lincoln Riley sucks at defense, stinks at recruiting them, stinks at hiring coordinators to use that talent. USC will never be a serious program, and I will think about the San Jose State game every time when I have to consider betting them. Now, the over, the over might be a play for every game with this team, but I'm not betting no more 30, 20 plus point spreads that USC has to cover because their defense is sorry and they're dog water. They will never be good. They will not make the college football playoff. They can go to hell for all I care. And then we, we finished on a good note. So that was the thing. We, we started on a good note, sucked a whole lot, but then we finished on a good note with Florida Atlantic and Louisiana Tech, the under hit by 19 and a half. So, you know, a very up, up, very much down, and then up again day. And it's something we just, like I said, have to... To go back to the drawing board, we're figuring out these teams. Like, I think Notre Dame's going to be pretty good with Sam Hartman. That's my week zero takeaway. And the USC defense is dog water. And we'll, we, that's week zero. We got to put that in the back of our head now. But we move on to week one. This is officially our week. We look at the two and four record and we flip, we flip this page here. We're going to do better this week. I have 12 picks for you. I feel really good about some of these okay about some of these so we'll just get straight into business um utah and florida florida going on the road to utah this is actually tomorrow you probably be listening to this podcast today on a thursday so if you are listening you might need to hurry and get to the books if you want to hit this one utah minus five and a half is my pick for this one and i had this as a lock but i've i want to unchange that lot or you know Un- undo that lock, unlock it, because uh, Cam Rising, the like senior, he, a lot of years senior quarterback at Utah, is apparently out with an injury. I didn't know he had an injury. I didn't know it was bad. I, either way, he's out for tomorrow's game. Um, I still really like Utah in this game because I just don't think Florida's good. You know, I don't believe in Graham Mertz as a quarterback. I think he's fairly mediocre. Um, Florida's skill positions don't impress me really uh, outside of running back. And, you know, if if they can manage to run the ball, then I guess they can maybe control the tempo, control the pace while Utah try and scrambles for good quarterback play, like cohesive quarterback play. Uh, but they do have a junior who is starting for them, which I'm assuming he has some experience there. It's not like he's a new guy coming in. But really this comes down to I think Utah is just going to be a more physical team, a more – um, in the trenches type of team here. They're at home. It's a night game. You know, they lost last season. If, I don't say that, like, cost them college football playoff, but if they do win that game, I think their season's looked at very differently. Because, um, I mean, they went on to go win the Pac-12 championship over USC. They don't have that one loss tied to them. They have a good argument for the college football playoff if they end up winning that Florida game in the beginning. So part of me thinks that they have a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I do think they're just a more physical team. They're just uh, Billy Napier doesn't impress me as a coach that prepares his team well. Honestly, like Florida just does not impress me right now in their current form. 
and I think they're going to realize that sooner than later that they're also pretty mediocre. Um, and yeah, I just I just don't care for it. Don't care for them, and I think Utah can win by a touchdown, especially at home. If this was on the road, I don't I don't know, but give me Utah at home five and a half. Uh, next one I have is also from Thursday. Rest, also for Thursday, it's conference play. We have the Big Ten kicking off some conference play this week. Nebraska at Minnesota. And I have Nebraska plus 7.5 here. And this isn't a knock on Minnesota. This isn't a an anti-Minnesota you know, bet here. And I get that it's on the road. It's at nighttime. I'm kind of going against what I was saying about Florida, like where you know that kind of plays in Minnesota's favor. Uh, but Nebraska, I think seven and a half is a big number. It's more than a touchdown. I clearly there, you, you would need Minnesota to win by eight points. And I like Minnesota, but they lost some guys. Uh, I'm not sure about their quarterback. He got hurt towards the end of last season, so I think he's still, I won't say new, but he's still think I think you know, growing into his role as a leader. Um, their big running back Ibrahim left for the draft NFL, so. And I think Nebraska has a little bit of a boost with Matt Rule. I do. Like, Matt Rule stunk at Carolina's Panthers coach. Um, but I think he might be a perfect example of why college coaches don't work in the NFL. They just, players don't buy into the system that well. They just don't really believe in what he's trying to sell them. Where I think in college, I think he is just a, you know, a, a good salesman. I think he's a great salesman. He built Baylor back up from their issues under Art Bryles. Uh, he built he built Temple up when he was there too, and they're like, you know, I I think he just works in college better, and I think he will have Nebraska at least ready, you know. I mean, I, like they had a tough arrest video come out with Eric Gilbert, the Georgia transfer, and he kind of stole from some vapes from a vape shop. That's tough. That might be a distraction, but I don't think it's you know started the season. I don't know how big of a role Gilbert would have played because. He just seems like a troublemaker, respectfully. But either way, like I just I think Nebraska will get up for this game and Matt Rule's opener, and I think they'll at least play Minnesota close. Do I think they'll win the game? No. Do I think they'll play them close though? Yes. Eight and a half, like eight points. I think they can lose by less than eight points. Um, moving on, roll down the list here. Tennessee. And Virginia playing in a neutral site. Tennessee is minus 28. Uh, over under 58. I, I like the over here. I do also like the over. But the number that I do like, and it's a big number, is Tennessee minus 28. I Virginia is bad. Virginia is a really, really bad school right now. Um, you know, they had first-year head coach last year in Tony Elliott, who's the Clemson offensive coordinator, who is fine, but I don't think of him as a head coach material. Uh, they lost their quarterback to North Carolina State. And I think Tennessee will want to come into the season, kind of start off hot, and obviously they love to score points. And that's kind of like also my reason is like the over here is could be very much be in play because I think Tennessee could score 58 on their own. Uh, but just to just to like kind of combat that I'll take them scoring you know let's say they scored 35 points like 35 to three then that's a cover and we're okay and I think that's a very possible outcome here with Joe Milton throwing the ball 100 miles per hour 
still have some good receivers, I'm assuming. Like, the offense will want to score points quick because that's how they play. And so, you know, for those reasons, I think they can just really run Virginia off the field. And Virginia won't run back. Like, they, they won't fight back, you know. It'll just be kind of rough. So, give me Tennessee minus 28 there. Moving on, Iowa-Utah State. Or Utah State at Iowa. Uh, the bet I like here, under 43. <laughs> now, 43 is a kind of ridiculous number for an under. Because really, both teams just have to score 24 points. Or both teams have scored 22 points. Uh, however way you want to math it. Um, I I don't think this will... I think this will be a very low-scoring game. I could see this being like a 17-3 to game. Um, Iowa loves to play in awful games. They just do. <laughs> it's like their head coach did it today. Kirk Ferenitz, I believe his name is. Um, I don't know if I pronounced it right, but he said that one of his favorite games they played was when Iowa won 6-4. to Just a hilarious outcome that they won 6-4, to but... It happened, and that's what this Iowa team is. And Utah State doesn't strike me as a team that can kind of run teams, you know, off the field. <laughs> so, you know, like as an upset team, Iowa's defense is always pretty good. Like this seems more like, like I said, they Iowa scores a couple touchdowns and kind of just runs it out, plays defense very well, plays special teams well. Like this feels bound to be that type of game for Iowa, and I just really like the under here. Uh, next game, I have Ohio State at Indiana. This is another one of those. I'm, I'm really betting on a team here. Ohio State minus 30. Um, this is one of those. I'm just kind of thinking back when Ohio State played a very good Michigan State team at 12 o'clock. I had a gut feeling it would be an absolute stomping, and the number was, I think, Ohio State minus 30. 15 and a half or something along those lines they won I think 49 to 7 not even close was never in doubt biggest like the easiest lock that I could ever throw out there this is giving me those same 42 to 7 vibes here where Ohio State although they're introducing a new quarterback I think he'll be pretty solid at least and he's throwing to NFL talent he's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. Emeka Egbuka throwing the NFL guys and Indiana frankly is not shown much of an ability to put up a fight I don't think to like anyone since Michael Penix left off to Washington um, I, I'm not buying Indiana <laughs> don't buy your Indiana stock don't do it um, I do like Ohio State here minus 30 big number I know big number but trust um, next bet we have, that I have at least, scrolling on down, UTSA, Texas San Antonio at Houston. It's a pick em. I always love a good pick because there's no real stakes. You're just picking your team, and you're just rooting for them straight up. And for this one, I have UTSA. And this game was incredible last season. Now, last season, you should look up it on YouTube, UTSA at or Houston at UTSA. Just game highlights from 2022. It was a fantastic game. Went to overtime, I think, and back and forth. Playmaker, playmakers all over the field. It was a really good game. And so um, 
I'm going with the team that didn't win last year. UTSA is going to go on the road and win this game. Frank Harris at the quarterback, I believe, is coming back. Uh, he should be a big-time threat with his legs as well as his arm. Clayton Toon left for the NFL. Houston's quarterback. They lost Tank Dell, who went to the NFL. So, Houston, I don't, you know, I know it's their first Big 12 game, and they'll probably want to get up for it. Uh, but UTSA, I feel like, is, I won't say as deserving as Houston to be a Power 5 team. But UTSA has been a sneaky powerhouse in their little conference, USA. I believe they're in. Like UTSA has been kind of a wagon the past couple of years, and I think they'll continue that momentum. They'll be a really solid team. I got them winning on the road at Houston. Next game. Uh, shortly after this, Washington State at Colorado State. Now, this is <laughs> this is one of those bets I talked about. And I was like, I'm probably going to take some bets based on conference realignment. And this is kind of the opposite of that, where Washington State obviously is not going to be in a conference, a secure conference next year. They just aren't. Pac-12 is dissolved. Uh, their plans are not known yet. They have no real idea of what they're going to be doing. And so, you know, they were left behind. And for that reason, I think they're going to go into the season with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. They're going to be the team that plays spoiler. And I think they'll upset some teams. And although this won't be an upset, I think this will be the start of like, hey, this is the Washington State Revenge Tour. We're going to have a really good season. Let's go kick some butt. I have Wazoo minus 12 versus Colorado State here. And I know it's on the road, but that doesn't phase me that much here. Cam Ward is... Coming back at quarterback for the Wazoo, he's an electric athlete, um, and I think that he'll put up a good amount of points. And for them to win by two touchdowns against Colorado State, I don't think is super out of the question here. I don't know much about Colorado State, um, but I like the fact that the number dropped from plus 14 to plus 12 because that's giving me the better two more points for Wazoo to just you know have better reassurance. Um, yeah, I just I have a good faith and I feel like I feel like their coaching staff for Wazoo last year really did a good job with them and they ended the season right. Um, so for that reason, I think they'll come back pretty. I think they'll be a decent team that kind of flirts with the top twenty-five. That's my like bold take for Waz or like the Pac-12. I would say is probably like Wazoo play spoilers. Their top twenty-five team. Uh, next team or next game, I should say. Here we go. West Virginia at Penn State. Uh, the number is 20, minus 20 and a half for Penn State. The over-under is 52. And my bet here is the over-52. Uh, this is this is one is kind of a risky play. And it's one of those I'm kind of just hoping that the vibes um, are either it's like a blowout in favor of Penn State and they cover it by themselves maybe. Or we do get somewhat of a back and forth that results in a you know 20, 27 to twenty seven type score something along those lines. <laughs> I know it's a happy value at night. That's gonna be tough for West Virginia, who's not very good right now. But I mean, fifty two points isn't outrageous. I think for a Big Twelve team, uh, for Penn State, it for as much talent as they have, this would be like a big opening statement if they came out kind of walloped West Virginia. So if if Penn State ends up covering like 80% of this total, that's okay with me. That works totally in my favor. I'm all for that. I just need West Virginia to put up 10 points. <laughs> 10, 10 points 
42 to 10 gives me a push, and that's okay. But, like, let's maybe Pitt State scores another field goal to adds on that. Maybe West Virginia puts up a better fight than I'm giving them credit for. I just don't, I don't think this will be a low-scoring game is what I'm getting at. So, potential there. Um, then North Carolina versus South Carolina. I think this is maybe the most, I don't say highly anticipated game of Saturday, but I think it's up there. I think it might actually be now that I think the other games are on like Sunday and Monday. But either way, North Carolina versus South Carolina, neutral side. I believe it's at the Panther Stadium. I like South Carolina minus two and a half. And it's not that I think that South Carolina and Spencer Rattler are for real. It's not that I think Spencer Rattler is better than Drake May. I don't think that at all. But this bet is more so my disbelief in um, North Carolina's defense. North Carolina's defense has been atrocious ever since Mac Brown got into town. It's been they've been a pack. They've been a Big Twelve team disguised as an ACC team under Mac Brown, and that's fine. But, you know, playing an SEC team, playing a team that I think finished last season very strong, I don't think you can get away with a no-defense team. And I, I don't know enough about North Carolina's weapons on offense to say that they'll be better off and they'll be able to outpace South Carolina. I just don't, I just don't know about them. This is more so... I feel like I know what I have in South Carolina, and I know what North Carolina doesn't have, and that's a defense. Um, then moving on, this is my other lock of the week. I feel very, very good about this. You know, I, I said Utah Florida was my lock, and then I unlocked it. This one is one I'm throwing my lock on. Texas Tech at Wyoming. Um, Wyoming is plus 14. I don't love that number, but the over-under 52. I, I, once again, a Big 12 team scoring can probably score 60 points on their own. Throw in Wyoming, who is a respectable group of five team, not not a not a like Cincinnati threatening on the playoff group of five, but they're not a you know roll over and die group of five. You know, I I think Wyoming can score some points if Texas Tech scores 30 points and Wyoming scores. 24 we're there so it's more so i i think that we'll have a decent enough game where texas tech will feel the urgency to score more while wyoming is scoring enough so i'm i'm banking on texas tech here who's coming into the season ranked 24th so that a little bit added pressure to them but i still i still like their chances here then the last game i have on or no, last couple games I have before we get out of here. Uh, Coastal Carolina at UCLA. Now, Coastal Carolina is a plus 14 and a half um, underdog. You know, I, I don't love that number. So that this is this is my transition in telling you the over-under is 65. And this is my patent from last year. This is my fun over the week. This is my points, points, points. That's my only notes on this game. Points, points, points. Coastal Carolina, they love to score points. UCLA, they love to score points. Um, frankly, I think the way Coastal Carolina's defense is set up is similar to North Carolina's where they don't play it. So UCLA does offense very well under Chip Kelly. I think they'll be scoring a lot of points with this new quarterback they have. Um, I think he's a you know, big-time big recruit, will be a good player. 
And Coastal Carolina, I think, still has Grayson McCall. They lost their coach, but Grayson McCall, the quarterback, should make up for that. I think Coastal Carolina will score a good chunk of points, and UCLA will cover the rest. I'm putting more faith in UCLA than Coastal, but the over, points, 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 I love it. And then finishing off here, the games that we do have to close out the weekend that we played on Sunday, Louisiana State, LSU, baby versus Florida State. A neutral side game, 7.30 kickoff. Insanely horrible game that we had last season from these two teams. Um, another game that like might have like actually kept uh, LSU out of the playoffs because they ended up losing. But still, you know, LSU, I think, is coming in this year. It says it, fifth ranked there. Florida State's eighth ranked. They both finished last season very strongly. Um... I think they're coming into the season with playoff expectations, both teams. And I think this game plays in their favor unless it's a blowout. Now, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be two offenses competing highly at each other. The over-under is 57, and that's the number I'm going with. Um, once again, it's, it's a higher number than I would like it to be. Like If this was 52, I'd love it. But 57 makes it a little bit harder on us. But... You know, I know both quarterbacks have Heisman potential. Uh, both offenses normally carry talented receivers. Like th this is the makings for a shootout, at least uh, like a good, you know, twenty-seven to thirty, which would get us there. Uh, you know, that type of game where at 35, 38, Like I could see this being a high-scoring track race for both teams involved here and. I just, yeah, this is, like I said, I don't love this over, but I'm very excited to watch this game and hope that the over hits while also just enjoying two very high-level college football teams that I think, I, I won't say Florida State's in a, like, or LSU's in a make-or-break year, but Florida State feels like they're in a, you know, winnable conference, you know, been a couple seasons under their coach. Jordan Travis is last year, likely. Feels like a make-or-break year for Florida State, but... We'll see it unfold on Sunday night. Excited for that. And that'll do it. I, the last game is also Clemson to Duke, which I'm also kind of excited for. You know, conference play not starting, but conference play being played this early. Duke's got a good team. Riley Leonard's a good quarterback. Uh, Clemson, number nine in the country. I, I don't believe that number reflects how good they are. I think they are worse than that, but we'll see how they play on Monday. But I think that'll do it for me. Gosh, Whew. the whole spiel about betting, man. Eh, I just love running through it, but it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, there are some other games here that I like. You know, if you sprinkle them in there. Um, but, you know, I just these are the ones that I have to write down. These are the ones that I feel good about. And, you know, that's it's the way the cookie crumbles. And so and we'll pray for a better week. We'll pray to the gambling gods that we'll be okay. We'll be okay. So with all that being said, I'm your host, Luke's Coach Far, as always. Make sure to check out uh, LK Sports Talk. We're coming out with the LK League Notes on Friday. Make sure to leave a like, subscribe, um, all that good stuff. Share the channel. We're trying to grow the channel, grow the podcast, that whole deal. So wherever you listen to this, wherever you watch it, like I said, on YouTube, make sure to share it with your friends, family, all that good stuff. And so until next week. Goodbye.